Well, hello and welcome to the Thrive Women's Podcast. Glad that you are listening to this episode today. However, you found it. Maybe you're one of those awesome folks that have been listening every week and uh, we're glad that you're tuning in again. And if you're new here, we're just glad that you found this and hope that um, this conversation that we have coming your way will be encouraging today. But I'm Angie Wysocki and I'm joined by my good friend, Lisa Thompson, um, and we just get the honor of hosting this podcast together. So Lisa, before we dive in to this conversation with Stacy. Did your family ever at the dinner table play happies and crappies? <laughs> you mean highs and lows? <laughs> yep. Yep. I mean, I, I like that. so many different things, but uh, <laughs> yes. you know, it's just the creative way to probably get your kids to talk, but everyone's used it in a small group at some point too. <laughs> Absolutely. Such a great question. And, and uh, yeah, I sometimes when I've had a crappy day, prefer to just ask someone how their happy day's going because I need a little bit of that to rub off on me. So for sure. All right. Well, to kick us off, I'm just going to ask you what your happy was from this week. We don't have time to dive into all the crappy. <laughs> But do you have a happy from this week? You know, uh, last week was was pretty hard. Got I have some family stuff going on, some health stuff with my dad's wife that was hard. But uh, my daughter did fly out to join me to see my dad and his wife. And, you know, when you're going through something really hard, sometimes just the blessing of having your family, your kids or good friends around you makes it not so hard. Kind of yeah. a, a two for one, but um, you, you but, raised her right. Yes, yeah. No, that was that was really special getting to experience that with her. But I will say, I was uh, living life through what you were highlighting on your Instagram stories last week, being up oh, in boy. Montana. So um, do tell some of the crazy things you did. I was like, are you kidding me? I thought, Angie, you were a resort girl, but you like, I you just upped your game in my book. I'm like, you are legit. I feel kind of bad talking about this trip when we both had trips. Yours was to take care of your family in a hard time. And I literally just went on this big adventure in Montana. Well, but you were taking care of yourself and that's very important so that you can take care sure. of other people. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. Went with um, a group of ladies that uh, we attend church together and are good friends, but um, headed to a really cool spot in Montana, a team that does some work just helping those that are in ministry rest well. And uh, they are awesome at what they do. And you really just go on adventures as much as you want. And I just decided to try it all. So um, I tried fishing, fly fishing in the winter and it was awesome. Uh, went out the second day and we caught four fish and one of them oh. was like pretty long. So I feel, <laughs> felt kind of happy with myself. I'm sure if you're talking to a fisherman, a long fish is not the right, I know what they use. Totally. And you know what? The reality is we work with a lot of fishermen. So I asked them to measure it because I wanted to have my facts Straight. straight when I was telling this story. All right. So anyways, yeah, it was an awesome week. Um, the fish that keeps getting bigger in every conversation. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Next time we talk about this, I wouldn't, I won't be able to pull it out of the water. I needed five <laughs> helpers, you know. All right. Thing. What else but did you do? 
Yeah. No, but it was really fun. Some fresh air, trying something new, and um, just a really sweet team up there that takes care of people. So what a great ministry. But that'd be a cool job, Angie. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I know. I'm like, are you guys hiring? Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah. I'm so glad. That makes me happy. Yes, it was a happy for sure. Also a happy is this episode that we have coming up. So we are kind of in February diving into these conversations um, where we really just want to highlight some people who are helping us understand how God can redeem some tough situations and tough things that people have walked through. So last week we got the chance to hear from Julie Wilson. And then this week we are catching up with Stacey Hennigan, who just released her first book called Breathe Again. Um, It was a great conversation. I learned a lot and we're excited for you to hear it. So let's dive in and join Stacy. So today we're so excited because Stacy Hennigan said yes to coming on the podcast today. And I feel like we're about to make a good new friend. Stacy is co-pastor of Key Point Church. Uh, and she's a speaker and author, which we'll talk more about, and the founder of She Women's Conference. You're married to Casey, and you guys lead Key Point Church together, and uh, you have four kids. Holland, Hayes, Hudson, and Haven, who you say is waiting in heaven. So I'm excited to hear more about that story as well. But welcome. Welcome to the Thrive Women's Podcast. Yes. Thank you, ladies, for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I just said like, you know, the tip of the iceberg bio. I know there's so much more to you, but uh, tell us a little bit about what life looks like for you and especially what this year has looked like for your family. Right. Here, I mean, well, last year that we we're in January now, but last year, yeah, it's true. Of course, was crazy for everyone. Um, pastoring a church, it looked really different. Um, it completely changed as we know it, as did everyone's life. This year, it started off a little better, you know, so we're, we're moving along. But um, I think life for me right now, I have a almost 22 year old daughter who just got engaged. So I am planning, right? It meant everything. Yeah going on. I'm planning a wedding and she'll be married this May. And then my son will be 20 years old. Um, he's in college at ORU. And then my youngest son is, uh, 15 when he's in high school. So I go to, well, I will be going to baseball games pretty soon for him, you know, for life. And then we've yeah, so nothing going on. Yeah. No, no big deal. <laughs> I mean, that's just a modern day woman. It seems like now, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So planning, planning a wedding. That's fun. It is. Yes. We're having a lot of fun. We just kind of started. She got proposed to in December in Mexico. We were all there. A lot of fun. He raised the bar. That's for sure. And uh, so we just kind of started and it's, it's been a lot of fun. It's kind of stressful though, but it's been yeah. good. That's exciting. That's awesome. So fun. Well, we are in a new year, just turned 2021. And, uh, but I think it's still important to go back and hear what lessons that you learned during 2020, because I believe a lot of those things we're still learning and and how we're actually applying what we learned in this new season. And so I'd love to hear what did that look like for you as someone in ministry? And what are some ways that you had to pivot in your ministry? That's been the big, the big word, right? Is pivot. That's right. I think for me, just I tried to be like this before all of this happened, COVID, but, you know, we're not always successful. But for me, I would say the word would be just fluid. 
just flow with it because you cannot, and especially in 2020, you really couldn't plan ahead. You couldn't do a whole lot. We had a woman's conference, which ours is she um, planned for last fall. We had to cancel it kind of, you know, we tried to wait because we thought in May, March, oh, surely this is all going to be done by May. And then right. May came around, well, sure, this is all going to be done by August. So yeah. I think- how many times have we all said that? Like, I'm sure just another three months. Just another three months. And so, you know, we just had to cancel a lot. We had to readjust to a lot. Um, and then not only that, but my expectations had to adjust. Just seeing we canceled church for a while. You know, we had the shutdown. We got back into church and I thought prematurely that there would be a lot of people that show up. And, you know, since we started back, which is around midsummer until now, you know, it's been minimal. And so I've just had to readjust my expectations and even relearn what success is and what a good Sunday is. That's amazing. I love that word fluid. And I think that that resonates with certain personality types that are a little bit more easygoing and flexible. I, and I'm one of those. I definitely feel for my friend Angie here, who <laughs> likes order and things. I was wondering if you were going to be super specific. <laughs> so uh, what personality do you have, Stacey? To- I, so are we like Enneagram? I'm a three. Okay. And, and, so, and I am a fluid person because I love adventure. I'm, I'm the girl that you say, let's go somewhere and I'm on a plane tomorrow. I mean, it, that's fun to me. It gives me energy and a rush. But in this whole scenario, leading a team and leading a church was so challenging because they're all looking to you and you're thinking, you knew just as much as I do about this situation. We're all in the dark here. So just learning, not knowing, I guess, from day to day, what was going to take place to be able to answer questions and cast longer term vision was a challenge. That's so true. I was like a CDC expert at certain points. Like people were looking to me for COVID protocols. We all right. That's good. That's good. Love that. Well, in the midst of that fluid year, you also released a book. Yes. Yes. Y'all listen, (laughs) it could not have been a crazier year, but at the same time, I really believe that God's hand was in it. Um, just even the name breathe again. Of course, this is a respiratory virus. I, I just feel like God, he knows, he knows when things need to be done and out there. And even in the midst of all the crazy, he's still giving me favor with it. And I'm, I'm so thankful, but I do yeah. remember when my, my edits, the big edits came in from the publisher and, you know, we're talking 300 pages and okay, I've never done this before. And I sit down at my computer and it was the first week of quarantine and all my kids are home from college. My daughter's now fiance had come with her. I look out of my bedroom window and they are making a bonfire and they're roasting s'mores and I am just tears. No, I want to be out there with them. And I am editing this thing. And I I just remember being in my room for eight hours one day going, this, this is awful. (laughs) So yeah, Yeah. that was what writing a book was like during COVID. (laughs) And this was your first book, right? Book, first book. So it's called Breathe Again. Choosing to believe there's more when life has left you broken. So what what led you to write this book? Well, 21 years ago now, well, this year it will be, my husband and I um, lost our daughter Haven to brain cancer when she was 21 months old. And um, I mean, of course, that was devastating. It was a long journey um, of chemotherapy and moving. I was pregnant during the time. I During that time, I had my daughter Holland in the middle of all the chemotherapy and living in a different city suddenly. Um, and that was challenging. I was a pastor at the time. I 
was a youth pastor with my husband. And I think in the back of my mind, without admitting it now, I would probably say that I had this idea that because I was a Christ follower, because I was a, a, a pastor even, that surely this kind of thing would not happen to me. And yet it did. And I had to deal with that, my theology of what I believe about God. But then when we were told that the tumor had come back because she had a brain tumor and um, when we were told it had come back, but there was nothing else they could do for us, we moved home. And for about five months, we believed God for healing. And I mean, we prayed and we still believe God heals today, but we prayed and worshiped and just, I mean, had our whole entire church around us. It was a huge church and they just rallied around us. But still, my daughter passed away. She actually passed away in my arms in our bedroom. And, you know, I, I had to deal not only with the loss, but, okay, what do I now believe about God? You know, and it just took me on this journey of, Lord, I love you, but I am confused and I'm really disappointed. And as a pastor for so, gosh, now it's been 27 years, I've just noticed a pattern in my own life and other people's lives that as they suffer disappointment, whether it be a marriage, financial a health crisis, whatever it is, when we deal with unmet expectations, it's really challenging to move past them with the Lord. Um, some people do okay, but I think most people have a moment of even like semi-crisis, God, what do I believe about you? And of course, the bigger the challenge, the harder it is to move forward. So that that's really 20 years later, that's why I wrote the book, because I had felt like me and God had a lot of time to talk about it. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I know that, you know, we have a, a redeeming God that uses all of our pain and suffering so that we can be a comfort to other people. And and he took some of those questions that you struggled with, Stacey, you know, how can a loving God allow this to happen? And what do you do when God seems to let you down? And can I even trust God, you know, when things have failed or I've been disappointed by my circumstances? And these are questions that, I mean, as a women's pastor, I encounter every day, you know, on the street, in the church, at my Starbucks. I mean, these are real things that I think have even come up even more in this past year. And I would love maybe for you to address, like, to someone who's wrestling with some of those questions right now, where do you even start? Where do you begin? And, and what, what did that look like for you? Yeah, that's a great question. I think the most healthy place to start is honesty. That's, that's the baseline. You start with honesty with yourself and with God. Uh, after Haven died, I remember being in the same bedroom, the same rocking chair, in fact, that she passed away in with me. Uh, so I was sitting in it weeks later, rocking my new daughter, um, Holland, to sleep. And I just had this moment with God where I said, I do not understand you. You know, I am so frustrated with you. I believe I did literally everything I thought that you had asked me to do. Not perfect, but I did what I thought I needed to do, believing in faith and trying to be the right you know, person, the right, a good believer. And God, you did not come through. You didn't do what I asked. And it was such a simple thing for you to do, Lord. And I had to just be honest with God because I found for the weeks before then, I was kind of hiding that and masking that, those real questions. Um, I wanted to, I, maybe in some ways I wanted to appear good to myself, appear good to God, appear good to others, but I had to get real and honest. And I remember in that specific episode, I didn't hear him say really anything, but I just felt his presence that he was delighted with me and happy that I had come to him. And, you know, we walked a journey together, but I think 
first and foremost, you have to be honest with yourself and with God. He can handle those big questions. You know, right. he's faithful. Right. He, he, he does not have an ego complex. Right, right. <laughs> w- were there any particular passages, verses, people in the Bible that, um, that you found a lot of strength and comfort in during that time? Um, I, you know, as scripture, I believe it's Isaiah, where God talks about his ways and his thoughts being higher than ours. I remember being in the bathtub, in fact, because doesn't every girl know that that's where God speaks to the best is in the bathtub. There's no phones. There's no kids, or at least hopefully there's no kids with you all the time. You know, there's, you can kind of get away. Um, but I remember him saying that scripture to me, it just popped in my mind. My ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. I did not feel an arrogant God looking down on me. I felt a very compassionate God saying, if you just trust me, I promise you, I'll lead you to good. You don't understand it because you can't see beginning to end in your life right now, but I promise you it'll be for the good. And I think that's kind of a step to move forward with the Lord is just saying, I trust you, God. Right. Real quick, what does that look like in community? You know, I think there's that raw moment that you take to to the Lord, but then there's also that that what you need to take into community. And that can sometimes be a journey too. Yeah, that was a tricky one for me. I don't think my situation is like everyone's. Now, uh, 20 years later, being older, a little bit more mature, at least I hope, um, I would do it differently. But later, you know, years ago, we were on staff at a very large church. The whole church had known of our situation, had walked with us through it. So my loss was their loss. And I think that I put up a front unknowingly, put up a front because I didn't want them to be disappointed in God. And I also didn't want in God because I felt like if I had this perfect picture of God, then everyone would be okay. But if I really admitted my disappointment, it might poke holes in that perfect little picture of God. And in reality, he is perfect. And my little image that I created of him, that picture, it's it's not, it's fallible. It is, it's not the right one because the picture of God is where it's messy and, and we don't understand him and his ways and what he does and what he chooses don't make sense, but we know that he's good. So we trust him. Right. That was a lot of pressure to add to yourself. Yeah, it was. And I, and I, but I didn't realize it at the time. Yeah. This is why I think God led me to write the book 20 years later. Oh, cool. That's great. Thank you, Stacey. Mm-hmm. How have you seen, even if that, that happened early in your ministry over the past 20 years, how has that affected how you do ministry and how you relate to people? I look at people a little differently now. I think beforehand, my personality, I'm a three. So I'm a go, go, let's do, let's do, you know, and sometimes I don't take time or for people maybe, and and to feel people, even to feel my own emotions. I think it's made me look at people differently and have a lot more empathy. I also think it's made me a lot more approachable to people because when you're listening to someone talk, who's never had struggle, which we all know everyone has, but we can, we can sort of size people up and say, Oh, you don't know my world. (laughs) But I think because my world has been at the bottom of what someone would ever want to go through, people can look at me and say, okay, because I've had a lot of people tell me this, if you can do it, then I, then I can do it. You know, Mm -hmm. if you've been through that and you still love the Lord, then I know I can. Really cool. Yeah. I, I think that it's really, really helped my ministry out. Yeah. Have you heard stories from people um, even since the book has come out? Like, what does that look like? Because you're kind of re-releasing 
that kind of, you are reopening this whole story and part of your life to the world. Yeah. Have you heard from people? Oh, yes. I mean, lots of emails, lots of um, Instagram, you know, messages, Facebook messages, so, so, so many of people just coming forward. And what I love is that it's not everyone coming forward about a death or a loss, because that was my heart in writing this. It's not a sad story about me. I didn't want a memoir. Who want, I mean, we have enough of that in the world. Not that <laughs> memoirs are bad. I just, I wanted to give someone something that they could practically apply. And so it was so important to me to make sure people knew you don't have to go through loss to, to glean from this. It's just disappointment. Right. So yeah, I've had a lot of people say things like, you know, this has been a hard year. Thank you so much for just giving me the, the vision and just the encouragement to move forward. Yeah, I think it's really God's timing that right. even though this happened in your life 20 years ago, this is the year that you kind of added it to the resources for folks who maybe some for the first time are experiencing disappointment. And I mean, talk about unmet expectations. This has been the year I think that sort of equalized that not equalized it, but you know, like everyone had a taste of that in some way or the other. So everyone hurt in 2020. I mean, every, in some Mm -hmm. way or another, everyone had some fear and everyone hurt. Mm -hmm. So what, as you're starting this new year, through that lens, those stories, what's giving you hope as you look towards 2021? Oh, wow. That's an awesome question. I I think just this, my personality, I'm, you know, with strength finders, futuristic is definitely right up there on the top five. So for me, I'm always looking ahead, always looking ahead, always looking ahead. And that's a good thing. Sometimes it may not be the greatest thing because I forget (laughs) to live in the moment. But I think that's one of the things that got me through 2020 is this too will pass. This too will pass. It's going to get better. It's going to get better. So I keep even telling myself that now because something that I feel like the Lord just kind of spoke to me a couple of weeks ago before the new year turned over was that hope deferred makes the heart sick. And we know that when all this started, we kept saying when 2020 is over, when 2020 is over, but you know what? 2020 is over, but we're carrying the same junk into 2021 nothing's changed it's just the calendar flipped over and I think that that hope that so many people held on to it's going to start getting old and I believe that we just this year we have a divine opportunity to be a light in a really dark world Mm -hmm. so I hope and pray that as the world gets hungrier and their hope gets more and more that it dwindles more and more that we will be those hope carriers to people. So I could see that. I could see something really beautiful happening. I've been reflect, I've been reading and rereading first Peter, and I just was able to identify this tension that I've been feeling this past year, which is this unsurmountable weight of sorrow, sorrow for the world and the brokenness and all of the things that are going on. Yet this joy that is unexplainable, this re-energizing of my, my faith and the call, the mission of the church. And, you know, when you read first Peter, that, that is the faith walk. We will hold both of those things in our hands uh, because we're not meant, you know, for this world. We are, our hope is in, is in eternity, but that strengthens us, right. To see the sorrow as the places to bring that, that joy. Um, but wow, what a powerful story to share for such a time as this. You are a 
a living Esther, Stacy, just oh. using your your influence and your story and your platform to invest that in the kingdom. And I know that God's going to bear a lot of fruit. I'm going to be buying that book and uh, look forward to staying connected. Well, I am sure as we wrap up here, maybe the Lord put something on your heart to share with anyone listening that just needs an encouragement. Um, so would you just whatever you want to say to anyone that's listening today? I think you started it. You talked about eternity and that is I get asked all the time, you know, how did you make it through such a devastating thing? And my answer is always outside of the grace of God, it would be having an eternal perspective. Just knowing that there's better to come, not just in heaven, but on this life, on this earth and in this life, there's better to come. Good things are in store because pain can be so consuming that it's all we see and it becomes opaque. You know, we can't see through it, but if we just remember and we hold on to heaven, that promise, the promise that God is good, that he always leads us in victory, no matter what our circumstances are, we can still have internal victory. If we hold on to that, it kind of becomes translucent. Our pain does. We can see through it. We may have to still walk through it, but we see that there's good on the other side. And I'm telling you that will push you forward more than anything else. Just what you said, you felt joy in the midst of the sorrow in both hands but you have to have that eternal perspective. So anyone listening that's struggling, it's going to get better no matter what you're struggling with. Even if your circumstances don't change, God's going to bring you to a good place. So good. So good. Thank you. Thanks, Stacey. We're just glad to meet you. Glad to have you uh, in this world with us and just really encouraged by your life and story and how you've invited God into that and, and really given an example of how to live, um, live that out honestly and authentically. So thank, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I just, I love you already. <laughs> <laughs> well, great. As soon as we can do conferences again, we want you to come out and speak longer. This is great. Awesome. I would love it. Yes. Hopefully That'd conferences be- are in our future soon. Yes. Yeah. After you do a wedding, get through the <laughs> wedding first. <laughs> After the wedding, come on. That's right. Awesome. Well, thank you. We appreciate you. How um, how can women find your book and just and follow you? Because we'll be promoting that on our outro for sure. Yeah. uh, So StacyHennigan.com. Everything's found there, but also, of course, Amazon. But I I would love people to know this because I, I I did these resources free just so that people could be helped. Um, there is a five video teaching, five series video teaching that I recorded just like 15 minutes a piece, but it accompanies the book. You can find it right now media or on um, my website. And then there's a downloadable, uh, digital study guide. That's, it's beautiful. That's on the website. And then, um, on you version, the Bible app, there's Mm -hmm. a seven day devotional. So it all kind of goes together and it's just kind of rich people study. Small groups are doing it. And I just wanted, here's why, because it asks, the book asks such, such important questions, but such, you know, questions that we're all wanting to know, but we don't really take time to think about other heavy questions. It needs discussion around them, you know? Really cool. So it is broken up for groups to be able to take that and, and, and have conversations around it. That's awesome. Oh, definitely. It's such a big, heavy subject. It's such a subject that we're all face, but we don't all want to give attention to just, you know, when God doesn't come through, like we think he should. So yeah, lots of discussion around it. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to tackle that by yourself. Right. (laughs) 
Right. And it can be so encouraging to be sitting with other women and them feeling the same way. And you kind of come to a conclusion together. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's awesome. Wait, thanks for offering all that. That's great. Yes. Well, I just appreciate you ladies so much. I'd love to stay in touch somehow. So I have your emails or whatever, but um, yeah, you just, it's such a fun podcast. It seems like you guys lead. Thank oh, you. thanks. Thank we just try to show up it, and have the conversations we want to have. Blind. It's the blind leading the blind. Listen, <laughs> I get it. I totally get it. That's part of, but you know, that means you're above your head, and that's a good thing. <laughs> right. Oh, uh, well, good. Well, go enjoy well, the rest thanks. of your day, Stacey. Thank, thank you. You too. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Well, we hope you enjoyed that conversation with Stacy. I know uh, after we logged off with her, I just thought, I feel like we just made a, a new friend, but just love the ministry that she has. And it was really encouraging uh, for me to hear how God has been working for the past 20-ish years, uh, just in her heart and redeeming that really hard situation that happened. It's just a good reminder that even when we feel like there's no hope or feel like God's not working. Uh, his timing is perfect in all of it and might just take a little longer than we think. Right. And I was just thinking this week, even being Valentine's Day, right? The the love month, so overrated. Let's just be honest. <laughs> all it's you, just all those Hallmark cards. All those shopping. Hallmark cards, such pressure. And, you know, we make it this and that. And gosh, I just want to say, especially to any of you, single women out there, just women listening who have been hurt by love. Like this is, this conversation was a reminder of God's redeeming love. Like that's, that's something that you can put your faith and your hope into, and you will not be disappointed. You know, Romans 5, 5 tells us about that. And, and I think for me, looking back on some of the broken pieces of my life, this is where God showed up the most is him taking something out of a mess and reminding me um, that he's got a message that he wants to say through that brokenness. And Stacy's, you know, uh, that's part of her story, but it's also part of our story and part of your story as you're listening to this. And if you forget this entire conversation going into Valentine's Day, Angie and I just want to tell you that God loves you, that he sees you, he knows exactly what you're in right now. And he promises whether you can see it or feel it, he promises that you're going to come out of it and um, you're going to be stronger and you're going to have a story to tell. So we're thinking about you this week and uh, hope that you have a great week. And if you want to share this with a friend, pass the love around. We would love for you to like and subscribe to the Thrive Women's Podcast. You will not believe what we have coming up this uh, over the next couple months. We are bringing you conversations that honestly, we're hoping you're going to bring into your conversations with the girlfriends and the family and your coworkers, wherever you're at, that, that you can continue having conversations around some of these topics. So have a great week. See you next time.